0: Welcome back to the Siblist. I am Lisa Leahy,
1: and I am Mark Passanelli.
0: And we appreciate your patience with us as we've had a couple of crazy weeks. And I think, Mark, it's probably going to be best for us to shift from a weekly podcast to bi-weekly, at least for the Oh
1: future. no! Say it ain't so. Is yes, this an I
0: inconvenience agree. for you, Mark?
1: No, it's it's no such thing.
0: Has this become Uh, a chore in our ninth episode for you? Oh, I never
1: said a chore at all. I mean, you
0: sound like you got, you know, better things to do, like clean up puppy pee.
1: Oh god, don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even the, the puddle that she left me today.
0: Oh, she's just making sure you understand that it is at her. Permission, you are allowed uh, to like, do this podcast. It was like
1: the second coming of Noah in this house. Let me tell you,
0: oh, stop. That's <laughs> disgusting. So we appreciate your patience. We are going to go to a biweekly schedule. Um, I thought that I'd be able to handle a weekly schedule with my school schedule, but it's really becoming very difficult to do that. And um you know, I think that in respect to our listeners, you know, our our, singles of listeners. I don't don't, don't even think (laughs) I can say, I can't even say 10. I don't think we're at 20. Um, But hey, to those of you who do listen to us, and we do appreciate you, um, I think it's better to make sure that we are at least a regularly released podcast. So we are going to keep to our Monday schedule, but it will be bi-weekly instead of weekly. Um, And who knows, maybe during the summer, we'll start doing bonus episodes, or maybe if there's a vacation when we've got some time, We will figure all of that out. So uh, this week we are talking about or this episode because I I feel like it's been like almost a month since our last episode. So we apologize (laughs) for that. We are on episode one point nine. And this is from my list of doom and 1993's Schindler's List came up on my list of doom. Now, again, I stress vehemently. That the list of Doom is not comprised of films that are terrible films or boring films or whatever it is. They're just movies for whatever reason Mark and I have been avoiding. Um, And this has been on my list. This was my shameful film nerd secret. I officially no longer have a really embarrassing film nerd secret that shocks everyone. Uh, I can no longer say that I've never seen Schindler's List because I have finally seen this classic. I knew going in, I mean, I knew it was a brilliant film. It is a brilliant film. Um, I just never got around to it because even as an English teacher teaching Ellie Wiesel's Night, you know, you want to show them something to help them understand further than just the text. So, Because the social studies teachers tended to show Schindler's List. I didn't want to duplicate that. So I always showed uh, Roberto Benigni's Life is Beautiful, La Vita y Bella, um, which I always thought, I mean, it's a beautiful film, but it's not Schindler's List. It's not a stark representation. It's not... Um, you know documentary style I mean Roberto Benigni is a clown You know and I'm not saying that in a negative way He is a physical actor He is a comedian And he's brilliant at what he does So the movie is not really as much about um, These atrocities The way Schindler's List is So um, I just never got around to it. it It's hard for me to sit down and watch a film That I know is going to make me sob As this
1: one does. Yes did yes i completely agree with you I, I i i'm not heartless i didn't sob in this movie but it's 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 uncomfortable for me these kind of movies uh movies where you have human beings treated like anything but um i i mean you can go back to any kind of movie that even and not just the holocaust movies like this one which are again atrocious but even just racially driven movies make me very uncomfortable um so i did avoid this movie for a long time again for just for the discomfort um and and it may be it might it might be naive of me to do so um but it's and maybe even selfish of me um but it was just something i couldn't bring myself to actually sit down and say hey i'm gonna watch schindler's list why not like it just I felt like my hand needed to be pushed in that direction. I can say I'm glad it was pushed in that direction. Um, I'm glad I've seen it. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. It's, I can't, and I've mentioned this in other episodes, I can't like voluntarily watch something that I know is going to make me get emotional or could possibly make me emotional.
0: I mean, it's definitely the kind of film everyone should see. It's definitely not a film that you watch you know, at a party, but it, -hmm. it, nobody's going to make that kind of joke anyway. I mean, this is the kind of film where you need to be respectful of the subject matter. And you read information about Spielberg putting this film together. And, you know, even, even he made a a few small faux pas, you know, even asking Roman Polanski to direct and, uh, you know, Polanski grew up in one of these ghettos and, you know, Spielberg was mortified. You know, I'm so sorry to bring up such a a memory for you. And, you know, Polanski goes on to make The Pianist, but Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where you need to be respectful of this, especially in certain times of historic context and also the context of (laughs) – Well, we're not going to get political, but you understand my point. The idea that mm-hmm. there are people who assert the Holocaust never happened. Right. And there's just so many – we can't go into this place. We're not going to go into this place where mm-hmm. this is very clearly – this is a powerful film. This is an incredible, um, in the most negative of ways, event in history that this needs to not Disappear. This needs to not vanish. Um, and I th- I find it fascinating as an educator that World War Two and this kind of atrocity is something that many 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 students I think most people in learning about World War Two are most darkly fascinated by the Holocaust. I mean, there's something about this dark side of humanity that we're sort of just stunned, silenced by.
1: I think it's the disbelief. Honestly, I think people are so drawn to it because it just it's literally like a train wreck. You can't look away. You're not proud of it, but you can't you can't not be intrigued by it. I don't know if that's a good word for this, but you just can't you can't avoid something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're just you are stunned that such a thing could ever happen. But it is really important to realize That we have I mean, this is not the only genocide there has been. There has not Mm -hmm. there are other sorts of things. And a lot of times we look back and we go, Oh, what a horrible thing. That'll never happen again. And then you start looking around at certain time periods and certain historical contexts and certain leaders and things. And you start going, Oh God, you know, like this, this is where these things begin. This is where mm-hmm. we have to pay attention. And then you get, you know, certain perspectives of, well, that will never happen because that didn't happen to begin with. And but we're not even going to do this. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have these remarkable kinds of pieces of art. Um, you know, we aren't obviously we are not going to be photoshopping this poster. This is going to stay as it is is. I would as never is. be disrespectful in that tone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is going to be a film that stands properly. I do hope we do this justice. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to get a couple of history teachers to come speak with us, but oh, it's very difficult. Like I said, you know, I'm telling about how we have to switch to a biweekly schedule because my schedule is uh-huh. out of whack and this is how it is for all of the teachers. So we are at the end of the first quarter at this point in time. And it's just the kind of thing where we were unable to get them to come with us. So, um, you know, I, I hope we do this justice. Please forgive us. Um, anything we misspeak, we're certainly trying to do our research, but this is not going to be a comprehensive, deep dive into the film. You're dealing here with two people who have never seen it, um, mm-hmm. and so really, we're just going to talk about our impressions of it from a fairly uninformed angle of people just seeing it for the first time. Um, you know, this this film is on I'd say everyone's best of films list. Uh, It's number nine on the American Film Institute's top 100 of all time, you know, like uh, American films. And I mean, to crack the top 10 of that list, Mm -hmm. you know, it is there's something to that. That's how remarkable this film is, a film that came out in the end of 1993. Spielberg had two films that year. That was also the year of Jurassic Park. So two very, very different films.
1: Were those same year? I did not realize that. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, Jurassic Park came out June that year. It was a summer blockbuster and Schindler's List Mm -hmm. released uh, in the end of the year. You know, that's that's when the more, you know, dramatic films tend to come out. Um, People tend to be more attentive to those sorts of films. So
1: right again, because they can't look away. I, I totally understand that.
0: So what how did you watch this?
1: How did I watch that? I, I don't know what you mean. How did I watch it?
0: So did you rent it and watch it with Christine? Did you watch it alone? Uh,
1: Christine owned it. Christine okay. owns this movie. Yeah. Um. Not to my surprise, again, because I feel we're in the minority. <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, I own no, oh, we just...
0: I have it on VHS and digitally. Oh, that's right. You told digitally. me this. I've just never seen it because right. that's normal.
1: Right. Yeah, well, you'd be, you'd be surprised at how many movies that Christine owns that she hasn't ever seen but anyway um digress so is i mentioned to christine um that we were watching schindler's list for this episode uh she was very forgive the term usage but she was very excited because uh, yeah. she does she does she's seen this movie she knows how powerful it is and she was all about sitting and watching it with me um as she has been the whole way through so far actually and uh yeah so we just we just pulled up a, a seat on the couch and we just, we put it on, um, just one evening, nothing mm-hmm. special.
0: Yeah. I watched this alone. My husband was, um, at work when he was, well, he was working, he works from home. He was working at the time. Um, you know, he did pop in and out to watch it. It was interesting. Cause when he came in, he didn't know that's what I was watching. And the second he saw it, like he sat down and just was watching with me for a while because it's the mm-hmm. kind of film that you do. It just, it stuns you into silence. Just the beauty of it. Um, the way it's filmed, this documentary, documentary, documentary. That was interesting. Put the emphasis on the wrong <laughs> syllable, this documentary and style of cinematography in the black and white. And the things that Kaminsky does with that camera. Um, we were watching before we started recording a video where Ben Kingsley speaks, and this is at the Holocaust museum. And, um, you know, he was talking about how Spielberg very deliberately, you know, will move the camera or it's just slightly off center. It's not this perfect, beautiful, classically styled mm-hmm. cinematography, because that's not what any of this is. You know, it is meant to pull you in and not let go. Um, this is a film that won seven Academy Awards. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, From the book originally titled Schindler's Ark in the United States, it was released as Schindler's List. Uh, Cinematography, Best Art Direction and Set Decoration, Best Editing and Best Score by John Williams. Um, Nominated additionally for acting for Liam Neeson as Oscar Schindler, for Ray Fine as uh, Eamon Gert, Um, Best Costume Design, Best Sound and Best Makeup. So, I mean, just a slew of films, uh, films of awards, of nominations, uh, very, 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 very clearly deserved. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you just, you scroll down the list and I mean, the BAFTAs are on here. Um, all these different, y- you name it, they were winning it. All the different film critic awards, the Golden Globes, um It's just, it's a brilliant film. It it won a Grammy.
1: I would say even a Grammy, look at that.
0: You know, the instrumental composition um, of this, the adaptation of this score for a television thing. So, Um, yes, I mean, I watched this, I watched it in one night. I didn't watch it in one sitting though. Um, It's one of those things where I, you know, would pause and deal with this for a little bit and then come back to it. So I'd say it probably took me about, four and a half hours on a weekend night to hmm. watch this film that's what is it 240, 245. Um and I did I didn't sob quite through the whole thing. Oh, it's three hours and 15 yeah, minutes. You I said can't even get that right. I'm like, huh, okay, no, definitely longer than that.
1: I was um, going with you on it.
0: I didn't watch it this weekend. <laughs> so again, <laughs> scheduling problems. Um yeah, it was just kind of interesting to to sit and watch this, just kind of sit in my bed and watch this movie. Uh, I did not sob through the whole thing, but I really kind of lost it when at the very end, after they've all been liberated, after everyone is free and Schindler is being um, sent away yep. to keep himself safe because he's now a war criminal mm. Um and when he was, I'm starting to choke up. When he was talking about, like, I could have saved more, I was like, oh my God.
1: One more person. One oh. more person. Like, that was so hard. I don't know. I, I, maybe I have no heart. I don't know how, how You're I kept it together for that. A- that was such an incredible scene. Yeah. So incredible. I mean, this guy is a Nazi. He's wearing the pin the whole time. And all he does, all he wants to do is save as many of these people as you can. Well, there's like, an interesting
0: shift because he's he's a Nazi for the purposes of business. Yes. And I find that interesting. Like, this guy doesn't necessarily believe one way or the other. He doesn't care. He
1: just wants money. He wants, wants
0: money. to know what will get him the most money. And <laughs> by using these um, Polish Jews... He can pay them nothing and make more money. So that's what he does. And so it shifts, you know, like it takes a while, but there comes a point where it starts occurring to him. And that's when he really starts pushing and making sure that the people who were working for him are now the people who will continue working for him. And then, you know, when they start getting transferred to Auschwitz because Goethe wants to be able to – you know, he's, he's just, you know, they're shipping it off. And so there's not much I can do about it. And we'll just get more people and we'll train them. And he's very flippant about everything. Uh, mm-hmm. but that moment when, you know, Schindler really just kind of breaks down, I mean, I think it's one of the most powerful moments of the entire film.
1: Oh, without question.
0: You know, without I mean, question. that's a, a, a heart wrenching scene. The scene with the children on the trucks, waving Mm -hmm. as their mothers and because they have
1: no idea
0: yeah no clue they have no clue where they're going you know that's a really hard scene to watch and you and I aren't parents I can't imagine Mm -hmm. what that's like for parents to watch um and you know obviously the the moving scene at the very very end when the Oscar uh Schindler Survivors are paying homage to him at his gravesite. You know, that was a beautiful yes. scene as well.
1: Yep. I loved that very much. Like that, that scene was not long enough The the ending, like that could have just gone on and I could have watched every single stone yeah. get put on that memorial. I'm sorry, his, his grave, I, I apologize, that was a grave. On his grave, I could have watched that. It just, it was so beautiful. Yeah,
0: and I would have. I watched um all the way through, you know, the credits. I had a professor Um, who has since passed, but his, he always, you know, we watch films and whatever it is, you would sit through the credits because these are the people who put together the film that you have just watched. You show them respect. Um, Mm -hmm. and I watched this and I will admit that I don't do it all the time, but when I do, I do think of him and watching this one, I, I fully expected that Spielberg was going to list their names. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised he didn't, but I mean. One, I guess it's it, the film's long enough already. Two, the credits are long enough as I don't know. Like they're they're given enough attention, maybe, but I fully expected that I was going to sit there and see these names go by.
1: I don't think he could do that only because it's it's literally a fraction of everybody that, that was that's involved in it. And that's true too. millions. So of you juice. don't you don't want to disrespect the dead or right. even the other survivors.
0: You're right. I mean, it's interesting because I haven't read the book. I know you haven't read the book. I don't know. And that's not a dig, by the way. No, it's um,
1: okay. It's okay.
0: It's just a statement of fact. Um, it's interesting to you know, consider, would this be something I would read now that I've seen the film? Because I feel like the film does such an incredible job with it. Um, I think I'd be more inclined to read someone's memoir as opposed to you know, this kind of thing, a historical book about it. Whereas I feel that this film in its styling has probably put so much of that together. Um, All right. So instead of talking around it so much like we're doing, um, (laughs) I mean, good Lord, I'm just kind of rambling around.
1: I think we're so fearful that we're just not going to do it justice. That we're just dancing. It is true.
0: Um, What were your thoughts on the way Liam Neeson played Schindler And Ray Fine played uh, Gert as a pairing in this film because they very deliberately are very clearly, you know, Mm. parallel characters. And, you know, they come together, they cross section a lot. Um, You know, Schindler and Gert, I I mean, Gert would have expected that he was friends with this guy, Schindler. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the way those two men were portrayed?
1: That scene uh, at the camp. When he just wakes up, walks over to the ledge and just grabs his sniper rifle. That was like, oh God, I just and it's the, just
0: arbitrarily the, shooting people in the camp.
1: Just, just picking people off there, the just, just because. Yeah. And then he gets up, puts the rifle behind us. It just stretches like it's part of his morning routine, like it's nothing. Oh my God, like he, he did such. A great job, if you can say that. Portraying just this person—I don't even want to say person.
0: Yeah, this pure um, evil, you know.
1: This this thing that existed um, to make you just uh, you just despise him, you know, for what he was, what he did. But it's also interesting how. He also did have the smallest, finest, needle pin, like pin, pin head, tip of a needle, finest humanitarian in him or whatever you want to say. Humanity. Thank you. So he had that one housekeeper, Helen Hirsch. Yes. Who he just. For some reason, he kept seeing as a person not equal to him, but he couldn't deny who she was.
0: I'd, I don't know. I'd argue with you on that because he does actually say to her he is attracted to her. Yeah. Um, but he actually says to her, quote, I realize you are not a person in the strictest sense of the word.
1: Right. Yeah. That's like that's oh. fair. But is he saying that? because he needs to hear himself say that.
0: I think there's a lot of I think that's an incredibly fascinating scene that mm-hmm. that sequence when he's speaking with her and you start expecting that he's going to be romantic with her, he mm-hmm. has this completely one-sided conversation with Helen. She's terrified, barely can breathe, let alone speak. You certainly they wouldn't speak anyway. You know, if she spoke to him, she would be beaten. Right. Right. Um, And this whole situation where he's all charming and sweet and saying things and, you know, it, I think that entire sequence is fascinating because at the same time, you've got these jump cuts with Schindler at this club with this slinky singer. Mm-hmm. um, And so he's kind of flirting with her while Gertz is floating with Helen. And this. Dynamic of power between the pairs of them. You know, the men clearly have the power. Um, there's a suggestion that the women have sexual power, but it is clearly the men who are in control of what's going on there. Um, you know, Schindler in a fun, playful, I'm a rich man, flirty kind of way, whereas Gert is a very scary, frightening, powerful. Um, threatening sort of way. Um, Mm -hmm. And once it gets down to you think he's going to rape her or he's, you know, something he does, he beats her first within an inch of her life. And again, at the same time where Schindler is um, again it, it's an interesting sequence you because then you then you also have these jump cuts with the wedding in the barracks. So there are two people committing themselves to each other for the rest of their lives through love. You have this moment where in the barracks you have a rabbi who's, you know, performing this romantic ceremony while they're in the midst of all of this horror. Right. Um, trying to find something uplifting and loving mm-hmm. and beautiful and bright. And then you've got Schindler at this club with this lounge singer and, you know, playfully flirting. And in the meantime, Goethe's in his basement with this woman that he essentially has enslaved. Um, you know, oh, she's my housekeeper. Oh, she's my servant. No, that that's clearly not what's going on. And then beats her within an inch of her life and just mm-hmm. – it's it's odd because he's he clearly had this attraction for her, but in his eyes, she was not human. Uh, Schindler is arrested for kissing a Jewish girl later in the film. The idea that you would do such a thing was literally illegal, mm-hmm. and he's put in jail for it. So Gertz can't do it you know anything that he did to this woman he did in the basement and you know would deny vehemently that anything happened
1: right and that's why i ask is 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 he just saying it is he hearing himself say it so that if ever in a situation where he has to uh explain himself he can vehemently believe himself when he denies it right i don't i don't mean, i don't, he know, says I don't her. know and I don't, pre- I don't pretend to know
0: he even gets right up in her face and says, oh, you nearly talked me into it, didn't you?
1: Mm-hmm. And she and hadn't she had said, said a word, word the entire time.
0: Nothing. I mean, Nothing. terrified, horrified. These words aren't strong enough. She is paralyzed with terror. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's, – it's incredible, like, what these individuals survived. Um, and, yeah, I do want to go back to this idea of an actor – Playing and embodying this kind of evil. I mean, we talk about, you know, the greatest villains on screen of all time. You talk about Darth Vader. You talk about Norman Bates. You talk about Hannibal Lecter. Um, these charismatic, terrifying individuals on screen. Gert was an actual person. Yes. And. Uh,
1: in what sense of the word? But yes.
0: Well, yes, he was a living human being. Mm-hmm. Um flesh and blood, live historical individual, um, breathing
1: air kind of thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, and I mean, while we're talking about fictional villains, you know, Ray Fine also plays Voldemort. So, I mean, this, he's, mm-hmm. this is a man and please understand, I am not comparing either of them, but to embody such an individual in such a terrifyingly authentic sort of way, mm-hmm. um, there's really something to that as an actor, I think, I that you can take this on. And I, I can't imagine the heaviness of this kind of role for an individual and what kind of, you know, support he would need. Um, you know, you take some I don't think Ray Fiennes is a method actor, Um So I don't think he's like an individual like Daniel Day-Lewis who embodies the character for the extent of the time he is playing the character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But my goodness, the psychological effect of playing such a person and playing such a person in a way that you are so indelibly put onto everyone's psyche. You know, this is not a character that goes away.
1: Yeah, no, I... You you absolutely nail on the head, and Ray Fiennes just, I, I don't even know how to say it. Just he was incredible. He was incredible. Um, I hated him in this movie, like I was supposed to, and he made me realize that this girth did exist, and he was just awful among all the other. Uh, Others that existed, um, who were equally or even worse. He wasn't even the worst. And if you think about that, that's that's even scarier. Honestly, right. it's it's incredible. And just I don't know. I don't know.
0: I mean, it's it's you look at these individuals who. I was just doing my job. you know, these people who ran these camps, who were guards in the camps, and that sort of thing, and I was just doing my job. It's always that sort of refrain that comes out, um, where people were too afraid to stand up to superiors, refused to do such a thing, uh, anyone who lost their lives because they refused to do such a thing. But this is a man who authentically took pleasure in the atrocities he was committing. Like you said, you know, get up in the morning, get your rifle, go, you know, shoot a few individuals as they're walking around, have no clue that he's coming, though. Like no idea that he's there, way mm-hmm. above them in his little ivory tower. Um, and just, you know, the 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 it's just really one awful scene after another.
1: Really is.
0: When you it put really all is. of this together. And Schindler, for as long as he goes on, you know, it really is just a business thing. And I think it's interesting. I wish I had tracked my own expectations of this, and I don't know if it's possible. I would love to get the perspective of somebody who doesn't know what this is going into it. And I just don't think it's a possible thing because any student who has shown this film is going to know what it is going into it. Anybody who has heard mm-hmm. of it is going to know what it is going into it. I wonder if an unknown or an uninformed viewer would have this strong dislike of Schindler.
1: I to begin with. I, I understand where you're going with this, and I know it's, it's all rhetorical. Yeah. But I— can't even begin to fathom that there's anybody out there under the age of twelve that doesn't know what this movie is.
0: Well, that's my point. It would be interesting Excuse to me,
1: over the age of twelve.
0: That's <laughs> um it, it this idea that you know, like it would be fascinating to have somebody watch this and sort of track their perspective. Of Schindler as an individual. Now we're watching this film and even though he's kind of slimy and, you know, he does these terrible things, but, but, but we know who he turns out to be. And I think we allow him a lot of behaviors because we know where he's going. I wonder what this would be like to watch as an individual who doesn't know who he is, don't get the title, that kind of stuff. And like, do we see the way he treats them as workers? Do we see the way he treats them, you know, regarding money? I don't know. I I also feel that going into this, there's going to be a tone around the man of Oscar Schindler. I think that Liam Neeson himself as an individual has got a certain charisma, has a certain personality. Um, And so I think we look at him a different way, you know, had this possibly been a different actor, would we feel differently? I don't know. I start playing what if when we talk about films that are so brilliant, you know, like what is the chemistry that makes a film as brilliant and as incredible and as award winning and as resistant to time as something like this is? You know, it, put in someone else's hands, would it have been different? If we didn't have Sir Ben Kingsley as um, Isaac Stern, would it have been the same? You know, we were watching this video beforehand, and he's talking about playing a character. He was Schindler's accountant, and he was, you know, the witness to things that happened. That he was the conscience of the film. He was the one who pushed Schindler. Really, it's kind of Stern's list because he's the one who's really driving it from the beginning, right?
1: That's that's very fair. Yes, it is in fact that to the point where he aggravates Schindler of you're putting too many into this. Mm-hmm. I can't take everybody in. Yeah, so Stern's list is relatively accurate.
0: I mean, he's he's playing with the not playing with that's the wrong word but he's manipulating the system from the beginning when they're all being funneled into the ghettos
1: Yes he sees he sees the opportunity yeah. of what it is and and before Schindler does Yeah before Schindler understands what he can be doing versus what he is doing yeah. Uh and Stern has was almost holding his hand through it until he had that light bulb go on. Like I could be so much more than just a businessman trying to put money in my pocket.
0: And it's interesting to watch Stern and Schindler interact as well. Because in the beginning, Schindler is like, I don't care who you are, what you are, you're making me money. I like you. I want to have a drink with you. Stern's body language. Is fascinating. Like Ben Kingsley is just one of those actors that you can't help, but you know, you can't tear your eyes away from him because everything he does is so understated, but he is the one your eyes drift to in a frame. Um, he's sitting at a table just sort of watching Schindler with his eyes and Schindler's pacing back and forth and he's having a drink and you need to drink with me. And he's like, I, I'm I'm a Jew. I, I can't do this. You know, he's soft spoken. He does this. But at the same time, he sees an opening. And he's telling people, you know, when you get your papers, you need to say you're this. You need to say you've done that. Well, I've, I've been a teacher for decades. Nope, you're not a teacher. You're a welder. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're you a woodworker. Mm-hmm. You do this. And he gets these people into the factory where they're going to make pots. You know, mm-hmm. they're making cookware for the German army. Correct. And this is this is what opens that door, getting them in there and just – I, I, it's just such a remarkable story, and to look at this and you you know you talk about the truth is stranger than fiction. You know you, if you you say this is the kind of thing that happens, you say this is the kind of humanity that was out there, both good and bad, right? Would you take somebody, you know, who is a, a you know, we we call out these multi-millionaire, multi-billionaire individuals, and we talk about. You know, who is just out there for the money and who is out there for humanity? And it really does shift, you know, like how many people would turn around and risk their lives, which is what this man did for mm-hmm. hundreds, thousands of people? it's it's really facet like this is a man should be sainted, you know
1: yeah, yeah, i i I. I agree. I completely agree with that for sure. Like th- that's all I can add to what you just said. I completely agree with that. I just
0: kind of ramble on things that everybody I know, but know. just
1: like that last part, you're like, man, you know what? Yeah, he should be, if, if that's your belief, of course, he should be sainted. Um, I, this whole thing just kind of knocks me back. Uh, forgive me, but it's just even just thinking about it you know, what this film represents that awful time in our history. It wasn't even a hundred years ago. No, <laughs> it wasn't even a hundred years ago. And it's just like, and, and that's, that's still new. That's still quote unquote recent. If you think about it.
0: And that people just, would still claim it's not a thing.
1: And you know what? I'm again, we're not, we're not going to go into it. We're not, but and. It, Everybody's We're al- just gonna wild. edge
0: around the sides. Of
1: Everybody's it. allowed their beliefs. No, I guess. Not if you're wrong. Not if you're wrong. <laughs> yes. Not if you're here.
0: Wrong. I'm gonna. I'm dropping the gauntlet on this. I'm you're tra- allowed to I'm- have your opinion, but if you are <laughs> flat out denying something yeah. that happened, happened, you are wrong. So yeah. no, I'm going to shut that door on you.
1: Okay, it's shut. I See, I I, I know what happened. If
0: there is more than one side to a thing, there is not it, one more side here.
1: <laughs> for the record, it happened oh i know i <laughs> know it happened i yes. just put i'm not trying to give anybody an out i'm just uh, <laughs> have you yeah, ever have you it. been to i know you probably haven't been to the actual holocaust museum or have you we went as
0: kids you moron
1: yeah see i don't remember that but it, or let me rephrase i didn't appreciate it for what it was that's accurate however, because We went- however
0: I think I was like just in junior high when that came around. So I was like nine, I was like 10 or 11.
1: What have you been to the, uh, Memorial or in Boston? Have you been up to that? I haven't. They, have, they it's so, it's so small. It's, it's beautiful though. It has the list of everybody on it. It's like this glass structure. I believe if I'm wrong, forgive me, but I think it's just outside the commons. Okay. Uh, or even just—it's just on the edge of it. It's beautiful. It's just—it's a little walk through. It's like an enclosed glass structure. It's completely—you know—you can see straight through. You see outside. You're not That's completely – That's how glass works. <laughs> and, and and just etched in the glass is just all the names yeah. of everybody. It's it's so small. It's so uh, just—it's—it's it's just a little thing, a little nod, if you want to say, but it's mm-hmm. so powerful. It's so beautiful. Right. If anybody in that area, if you haven't gone to this, just just go look. You know, pay your respects. I honestly was there with my wife a few years ago and I didn't know what it was. I'm walking up to it. I'm like, what is that? I couldn't even tell. I go into it and I was like, oh, yeah. This is what this is. So now you just now you can't help but just read the names. Oh absolutely. Know beautiful and i do want to go back to wdc i do want to see all that and i do want to see um and appreciate it more right. uh, now that i'm almost 40 Ugh.
0: now that and, we've seen this uh, movie and we'll understand some not exhibits. Well, not
1: even not even I, I now that i understand that you know what it the was the horror of the event I, I really
0: just made that sound like a reason to go to the The museum is because we've now seen the movie
1: and we're going to understand the movie references.
0: (laughs) That literally is what just came out of my idiot
1: mouth. You know what? You know what? You get a pass because I sounded like I was giving people who claim it didn't happen an excuse. So we're good. Good. What is wrong (laughs) with us today? We're we're idiots. So anyway, anyway.
0: um, good lord. I don't know. I just I was kind of jotting notes as I was watching the film and frankly i didn't start doing this until partway through but i some of the things that were remarkable to me the way that the framing of these individuals and there'd be like a bank of light across the eyes did you notice that like as people saw a
1: couple on gert actually gert had a couple scenes scenes like that i couldn't help but notice
0: it's sort of like this highlighting of you know, the humanity or their lack thereof in their eyes, you know, we talk about, we just passed Halloween and I know you're a big Michael Myers fan. I'm a Halloween fan, you know, like this is, this is a, an individual, a fictional character, literal evil, literal death behind the eyes. There's nothing there. There's no life. You know, this is who Gert was, you know, a lot of that sort of idea. Um, I was fascinated by the scene where, um, Mila is telling stories. They're in those bunks. Mm-hmm. And she's telling stories about other camps where they would be, you know, two separate lines. And then they would go into this room where there were shower heads and it was the gas chambers. And it, it, what was most. I, I can't come up with the words, so forgive me, I'm going to stumble through it. hmm. What's most striking about that sequence is these people are in this camp currently. They are, or have already to this point survived unspeakable atrocities. They're hearing about another camp about the gas chambers that we now looking back know are very, very real things and they don't believe her. They go, that can't possibly be true. There's no way that's a real thing. And again, you know, we look at recent/slash current climates and the number of people who go, ah, that's not real. That can't be true. Mm-hmm. It's just like this movie was made in 1993. You know, it, this movie is almost 40 years old.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people just still know that that can't be real, those kinds of things. So that's an incredible. They say, the quote that I wrote down, we're very, very important for them because we're the ones working for them. They couldn't possibly do this sort of thing. And yet, um, you know, you have this moment when Schindler is out walking and individuals are out walking and it starts to snow.
1: Oh, don't even talk about the snow scene. Oh, my God. That was so brutal.
0: You know, I mean, these these are the scenes that oh, you watch God. them and you just. I, uh, there's nothing to talk about because you get it. There's
1: nothing. You like, know, I'm is. sitting there and he walks over to the car and I'm like, that is not snow. No. It's like, oh, God, it's so awful.
0: It's not snow. Um, <laughs> You know the other thing that is always spoken about regarding this film, and always, you know, obviously one of the highlights of the the filmmaking here is the little girl in the red coat. Um,
1: I yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Um, I'm stupid. I don't you're not understand. Stupid. I don't understand the direct significance of correlation to that girl, just well, that girl.
0: It, it's. You know, the idea of it is um, it's a way to make you spot her. Mm -hmm. It really isn't anything more than that. It is, you know, you've got this. And again, I'm getting this from my reading, um, this red flag that they waved as a cry for help. So it could be symbolizing that uh, the Jews waving to the allied powers, basically saying, hey, you know, we're we're the ones in trouble here. Help us. Um, there's elements of this girl just walking around looking for her parents, her family, whomever. Um, yeah, no, no. And she's just ignoring everything around her. So there could be a symbolism here of did the allies wait too long? Did they ignore what was going on? Did they were they oblivious to what was going on? You know, is it that we don't believe this really could have happened? We th- not that we could have happened, but like in the moment, do you believe this sort of thing could really actually be true? I mean, the Jews themselves didn't understand and didn't believe it. I'm sure people in power might have gotten word of this and went, this can't be. This just, you just can't, I don't care how mean and evil you are. It just can't be. And it was. Um, there's also the elements of how, um Again, as a as a film technique. It's just an actual. Mm-hmm. It's a way to catch your eye. It's a way to catch Schindler's eye. Now, granted, he's not seeing the world in black and white and this one girl in the red coat, but it's a way for us to track her as he tracks her when he's up there with um his wife. Uh, on horseback, I think, you know, just out for a leisurely yeah. ride while everybody's being funneled into a ghetto and being rounded up. And there's this little girl. And then later on, obviously, you see, you know, the the, the coat again, and we know what has happened to her. And I, there's a number of different readings into it, I think.
1: Yeah. Um. And while you're sitting here talking about like, a, I don't want to say a tracking system, but tracking her to it. Doesn't the little girl wind up dead? Yes. By the before, the, like so, it's a way to track her through yes. without actually having her be a main character, possibly. Yes. Um. So you know that you know nobody's safe. You know this young girl who's sneaking past everybody, just walking around. No, nobody is giving her a second thought, a second look. That, you know. Uh, she, even she wasn't safe, you know, as safe as she looked like she was at that moment in time. Well, as, I safe is a terrible word for me to use. But you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're not acknowledging her. She's just walking along, going along, looking for whatever she's trying to find. And then later on, we see the the coat in a pile mm-hmm. and it's just it's like there she is. You know, there so- she is.
0: It, doing an on-the-moment reading, apparently this girl in the red coat was a real person. Um, her – the actions in the film, not necessarily a real person, but there are a number of different reports saying that uh, in the book, the original book by Thomas Kennelly, um I'm just going to read this here. That little girl in red was named Genia, who was at first hidden by a German family. On the day of these events, the family was afraid the Nazis would find her and punish them for hiding her, so she had to leave. She was found and taken to the Roundup, where Schindler was watching from the hill. They go on to mention there really was a girl named Genia, who often wore a red hat, as explained to keenly by her aunt and uncle, thus earning her a place in the book. While this is a significant piece of information that lends credence to the film's accuracy, a few other details complicate things a bit. There's a go into inconsistencies of whether – like any kind of interaction with Oscar Schindler, any kind of connection to that. He probably wasn't on the hill at that exact point. You know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But this situation of putting this character and putting this color in the film at that moment for cinematic impact – she is also a real person on top of it.
1: Okay. So. And you know what? That's that. I'm glad to know that, you know, that yeah. it makes sense to me now. It's a small nod on small, on a grandiose scale. Yes. You know, Spielberg is recognizing this little girl. This is how he's recognizing her. And right.
0: Acknowledging her.
1: You know what? I'm, I am so Really glad to know that. I didn't know that,
0: and I mean, filmmakers like Spielberg are the kinds of people who, when they're going to take a historical event, they're going to do it right. Um, you know, it, it's reminding me of Titanic in a number of ways where you think about the the string quartet that was playing as the ship was sinking, the individuals that they show on the lower decks and the way they were treated, you know, those kinds of things were facts. These things happened. And putting them in the film as, Striking as they are, it it lends credence to the actual situation there. Um, Okay, so what else haven't we talked about? What kinds of things do we need to look at?
1: Um, One thing, another scene that I I really want to draw the attention to of is that scene where uh, I'm going to try to say his name properly. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, Rabbi Mensha Leverchov.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm sorry if I destroyed that name. The scene where he is taken out because he couldn't make the hinge yeah. fast enough, or no, for, for, forgive me. He showed that he was quote unquote wasting time and could have made more hinges, and clearly mm-hmm. he wasn't taken to the back to be killed, mm-hmm. and. How many times did he pull the trigger and the gun never fired? Yeah. How The awful gun jammed. Would that have been? And he walked away from it. He survived. And then another that. gun. But yeah, he didn't like
0: survive that. it's somebody else inc- shot.
1: Him. Did he get? Sh- I am I remembering
0: that wrong? I
1: th- I think he got hit in the back of the head. There's and that's no way it. they
0: let him live. They then they <sighs> oh, he hit him with the gun. I don't know that he lived, did he? I th-
1: I don't think I saw him die. I could be wrong.
0: That doesn't mean he's not dead. I'm gonna look that up because I yeah. I don't look remember that. Look that up,
1: I- fact check me on that one. Um, but that scene alone, like, they're just they're just BSing behind him, kind of not BSing, but like they're just more frustrated that the gun won't fire. Yes. Versus what they're, they're doing. they this- Yes, thank you, great word there Inconvenience by this And just that scene just sticks out in my head Of just how brutal Is that all, like, that's just another one Just another, just terrible scene Mm -hmm. Of he's sitting here just waiting for it And I can't even imagine what he went through for that
0: No, he does live
1: I thought, like he hit him on the head. And and they works. were just yeah. so mad they just walked away.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry I misunderstood what happened nope, in that scene because okay. I thought that killed him. Oh my goodness, you're right.
1: Yeah, no, and that's okay. And that's it, just unbelievable. Just unbelievable.
0: I mean, I I also I'm I'm smiling because I'm coming across another quote that I wrote down that I really liked, where Schindler at the end, when they are now producing um, artillery. Mm-hmm. And he says, "If this factory ever produces a shell that can ever be fired, I will be very yes.
1: Unhappy. I loved that.
0: the so fact much. that he was able to go as long as he could in a factory, I'm surprised they didn't shut him down. I mean, they just must have thought that the people were incompetent, and that Schindler would never allow such a thing, and he would get rid of those people or something. But, oh
1: my God, mm-hmm. like it's just too cool. And that's you when know you, like like you I feel you mentioned before and that he you know begins as just a businessman that he has this it won't cost him any money to pay them yeah. he's just it's all profit the time when it clicked in his head was it when uh, was it when oh man i really want to get these names i'm sorry i'm not prepared for this name here um Pfeifferberg yes was it uh, when she came in and was begging for her parents' lives. Yes. Was then when he said, add these people to the list that he knew, it's like.
0: Well, cause he was telling her, no, I don't do this. This isn't my correct. thing. It's not the th-. but, but then he then does he have realizes, a change of heart.
1: He realizes, he realizes he's like, maybe it is my thing.
0: Yeah. You know, maybe that works.
1: is what I'm doing. And this is why this is getting out. Like he even yelled at Stern. You can't do this. You can't do this. Then he added them. And like, that's what clicked. So, so then you have that uh, again. If you had any doubt at this point, which I'm sure you hadn't, but in that scene with the artillery, you know he's driving it home. He's like, "I'm not here for the money anymore. Right. I'm here for the people." And like, it's just another even just. It's a little quib. It's a little fu- it. It's a little funny, tiny funny tiny little joke. It's yeah. It's it's,
0: it's, a, it's a it's a moment a of levity. Heart,
1: it's little light heart heartedness. Um, but it's another acknowledgement. It's like, hey. I know what's Absolutely. really important here, and it's not this. It's not the death that I could that I'm supposed to be making here. It's the life that is inside here helping. And me
0: the fight. irony of that, you know, he's running an artillery factory at the end, and you know he's not manufacturing death. He's saving lives. Exactly. Um, and I'm sure, like it, that, sounded cliche just doing it, but saying it. But it, it's it's the truth of it, you know. He, you have that tagline. For the movie, which I I tagline cheapens it, but from the Talmud, whoever saves one life saves the world entire. You know, that beautiful line at the end, Um, you know, and the other
1: and he at the end was just complaining how he could he just wanted to save one more and save one more.
0: Well, that's just it. I can imagine most people feeling that way. You know, it's like you can't save them all, but the more you can. Hmm. Um. And I think the beauty of the color used with the candle flames as well, um, you know, the the he has the rabbi performing uh, various ceremonies and sequences and that sort of thing. Um, you know, you and I are Catholic, so I think of liturgies. Um, it just the, the fact that that stuff is so important and that he made sure these things happened, you know. It's it's the Sabbath, Rabbi. Shouldn't you be preparing for service? You know, like that kind yes. of stuff. Instead of working, mm-hmm. you should be doing this. Clearly, what are you doing right now? Um. Just those beautiful kinds of moments, I think, are just what make this just one small pebble of what makes this film so beautiful.
1: Right. Yep, I agree. Okay.
0: Oof. Anything else on this one? I think we've covered it
1: as best we could as best as we could be asked to i i don't even want to try to cover it more if you are like us and you have neurotically avoided this movie up till now just stop stop what
0: stop avoiding it
1: yes please stop avoiding it it's not gonna be one of those things where you're gonna be like oh hey i'm just gonna i got nothing to do let's just throw this on make the time Make the time to see yeah. this movie. This movie is is everything it's said to be. Absolutely. And you know what? I, you know yeah. what? I'm gonna get on a soapbox. Give those people the the decency of seeing their story. Um, I avoided it. I was dumb. Yeah. Um, give these people what they deserve. Just sure. just see this. It's three hours of your life. Honestly.
0: Okay, so we now need to shift okay. and we're going to spin the wheel because we are coming up on a milestone.
1: milestone. This is a small
0: milestone, number. but this is episode number 10.
1: Double digits.
0: So um, let's spin the wheel and see which list we're going to go at for our next film. Well, that's fitting.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know what, and I know what it is. This is the first time I actually got to watch you spin it. I'm, it was exciting. Oh, that's
0: right! I forgot I was still it's, sharing. You're
1: sharing screen. your screen this whole time. This is that was exciting.
0: Episode ten, Mark's list of doom. Hit that randomizer button, Mark. Mm,
1: God, oh God. What is it? Oh God, this is this is. You're gonna hate this more than I'm gonna hate this, and I still hate this. <laughs> okay 2013 comedy oh god lisa i am so sorry
0: <laughs> what is
1: it <laughs> anchorman 2 the oh
0: Monday
1: god <laughs> i am so sorry
0: oh god i'm not even starting with the first one i have to start with the sequel mm,
1: apparently oh, so me. well no any good podcaster no has to or not going to do it. We'll watch the first no. one before seeing the second Absolutely one. Absolutely <laughs> not.
0: Absolutely not. It is not going to happen.
1: Oh, God. Holy I hell. don't want to watch this movie.
0: I, you should have thought of that before you put it on the list.
1: Because no, it's on the list for a reason.
0: Here's what's funny. I'm pretty sure it's the on first one is too. on my list.
1: Oh. The
0: sequel's not. No, the original is on my list.
1: Uh-huh. But I've seen the original. I find the original funny.
0: Oh well that's unfortunate. So why haven't you seen the I, second one?
1: I have heard literally nothing but awful things about this movie.
0: Heaven help us. Awful.
1: All. Almost one of those why did they make a second one? They should not have made a second one.
0: Because the first one made so much money.
1: Uh ugh, I know.
0: Oh, heaven help us. Okay.
1: Well I, I'm sorry. So, hey, you had Schindler's list, I have Rob Burgundy. What?
0: Uh, oh, cause they're comparable. <laughs> get I out!
1: Mean, oh my god! Oh no! I'm not comparing. I'm I'm making a, a an awful joke of how come you get Schindler's List and I get this.
0: Well, cause you didn't think as you put yours together. I just put I, movies I was avoiding.
1: I hey, I'm avoiding this.
0: Some of these movies on your list are good though. I still maintain that some of them haven't helped us. Uh huh. This is one of well, them.
1: We're going to rip the bandaid off on this one.
0: We appreciate you listening to us as we sort of stumble our way through a film that, you know, we we should have seen far, 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 far long ago. Um, but our next episode will be in two weeks. We appreciate your patience as we shift to a biweekly schedule. Frankly, it's not going to seem like that big of a difference to you because already we're taking our darn time. So it's <laughs> embarrassing and we're going to fix it, we promise. So Anyway. Uh, we are the Siblist. I am Lisa Leahy,
1: and I am Mark Passanelli.
0: And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye bye. Copyright 2021 Rabbit Hole Podcast. RabbitHolePodcast.com